Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. There it's coming in. Hallelujah. <coughs> Hallelujah. I'll just tell y'all something. The enemy I'm not I don't like this. <laughs> and the reason it's because I've already seen something that I'm going to do. And I'll just have to talk loud because I'm going to do it anyway. If I have to leave this laying up here, I'm going to do it. Because I'm going to come down there amongst you. I was listening to the conference that Apostle and some of our people went to. And just gleaning stuff from several of the speakers. So what I'm going to talk to you about this morning, the title of this is We Lack Nothing. We Are Complete. We Lack Nothing. We Are Complete. We Are Not Living the Life of the Flesh. We are living the life of the Spirit. When we have a battle, that's where it's at. The enemy tries to get us to live the life of the flesh, but we live the life of the Spirit. I am complete. See, we've always... I've heard it. You know, when we get saved, we get the Holy Ghost. Right? We get the Holy Ghost. This carries us to a whole other level. Because I've never seen it. Dr. Marcerillo was what who was teaching this. He said, in Christ, we are filled with the Godhead. Think about that. There's a trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. The Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. We get all three. We get all three. <coughs> Colossians 2. Chapter 9. Verse 2. 9 through 10 says, For in him, Jesus, 
dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. And when it says bodily, you look it up, it means physical. In Jesus' physical body dwelt the fullness. Everything God is, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's all there. It's all there. Verse 10. And ye, which is you, are complete in him. We are complete in him. We lack nothing. And it says, and we are complete in him, in Jesus, which is the head of all principality and power. We look up the word, think of the word principality, the first thing that comes to our mind is demonic forces. I looked up this word principality, you know what it means? It's got lots of things. One of the things it means is order. Jesus is the head of all order. Not just in the spirit realm, but in the natural realm. Why do you think the oceans stay where they are? Because they've been told to. Why do you think the earth rotates and is tilted at whatever degree it is and stays a certain distance from the sun? Because God told it to. God is the head of all order. Jesus is the head of all order. Why do you think a pine tree produces pine cones instead of acorns? I mean, that's simple. But it's because of the order of God. Because God said, that's how I want it. And that's how it is. This is what we have. What I'm talking about is what we have. Because if Jesus is the head of all order, what about us? We have him. We have the Godhead. He's the head of all time. Day and night. Do you ever get up thinking, well, I wonder if the sun's coming up in the morning? Never do. Why? Because God said, do this. God told it to do that. These are inanimate objects. They don't have no life in them. But yet, they obey the word of God. And the seasons, what about the seasons? We can count on it. We're going to have spring, fall, winter, and however it goes, summer. We're going to have the four of them. We're going to have them to some degree. We're going to have them. Why? Because God said so in Genesis chapter 8, 22. He said springtime and harvest, summer and winter, cold and heat, seed time and harvest and will not cease as long as the earth remains. It will not cease. Hallelujah. Jesus is the head of all place. You think about places. I like to watch on TV some of these ocean exploring shows. 
there are depths in the ocean that have never been seen by man. If we could go there, what would we find? Jesus. Order. Exactly. We go down there, we're going to find Jesus. He's going to be there. We're going to see the evidence of him there. We've never been to the farthest star out there in the universe, but if we ever could make it that far, what would we find there? Jesus. He would be there because he's the head of all of it. He's over it. That's what being the head means. It means he's over it. He's the head of all principle. I'm going to touch on this in a little bit more in a minute. But You think of all the scientific principles out there. Jesus is the head of them. Gravity. We take gra gravity for granted. But you know that if gravity was a little bit too strong, it would mash us into the ground. If it wasn't as strong as it is, we couldn't stand on the ground. Jesus is the head of that. That's why it works. You know what else he's the head of? He's the first in political power. That's what it said. I looked it up. He's the first in political power. Which, what does that mean? He governs. He governs. He sets things in order. And he governs. He is the first precedence. I had to look the word up. I knew I wanted to use it, but I didn't know exactly what it meant. A precedence is a standard to be followed. That's what a precedence is. When someone sets a precedence, that means they set a standard to be followed. Jesus was the first to set a precedence to be followed. Hallelujah. And at the end of that verse... It says that Jesus is the head of all power. You look up power, it means force or capacity and freedom. Jesus is the head of all force. There is no force out there that he's not over. Not a single one. The devil's power is limited because God says you can go this far and that's it. What about capacity? This is one that we deal with a whole lot. When we think that we don't have the capacity or what we need to do what God said, Jesus is the head of that. You hear that? Because that, right, that one thing right there keeps a lot of us from stepping out in God. I, I can't do that. I'm not qualified. 
I don't have the capacity to do that. I don't have the capacity to sing or to play an instrument or to stand up here and hold a mic. I don't have the capacity to do that. But Jesus is the head of all capacity. What we lack, he fills. And most of the time when he calls us into something, we lack a whole lot. That way he can fill a whole lot. He is the head of all freedom. You know when the devil tempts you to do something, its ultimate purpose is to put you in bondage. But he'll disguise it to look like freedom. I'm doing my own thing. No, you're not doing your own thing. You're either serving God or the devil. It's pretty plain. It's one or the other, black and white. You're serving one. You're on one side of the fence or the other. If you're straddling the fence, you're on the other side, wrong side of the fence. It's pretty simple. See, he disguises what he calls freedom to make it look like something that we're missing. That's what he told Eve, basically. God is withholding something from you. If you'll eat this, you'll be free. Your mind will be free. Her mind was free until she ate it. And then it was not free anymore. So in Jesus, we lack nothing. We are complete. But we have to be like Moses. One of the ministers called this the Moses anointing. He was Exodus 33. And he told God, says, I don't want to go if your presence don't go with me. I do not want to go. We've got to get to where we're like that. God, I'm not going if you're not going. If you're not in this, God, I'm not in it either. We've got to realize that You know, the devil doesn't care if we do good things. Did you hear that? He does not care if we do good things. What he cares about is if we do a God thing. Because there's a difference in a good thing and a God thing. I'm going to plug, put a plug in here for Minister John Brevere. If you've never read his book, Good or God, you need to read it. Because a good thing will make us feel good. It will feed our flesh. We will, it can puff us up. But a God thing will bring in the presence of God. It will open the door for the supernatural to take place. Amen. 
So we have to be careful when we speak words to people, especially we always have to be careful of what we speak to people. But this year, this time has been called the decade of the mouth, which means what we speak is coming to pass. We have to be careful what we speak, make sure it's a God word and not a good word. I'll go so far as to say, and I'm not the one that started this, because I heard Dr. Mars Cirillo say it. You don't say bless, bless you to everybody you meet. They may be worshiping the devil, and then you tell them to bless you. We got to speak what God says. When God says, amen. John chapter 5, verse 19. It says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Jesus said this about himself. The Son can do nothing of himself. He was God's Son, but he said, I can do nothing by myself. I do nothing. Not just that I do nothing, I can do nothing. I can do nothing by myself. Sometimes we get things turned around backwards. God leads, we follow. This gets back to that good or God. Sometimes we... We get an idea and think it's, it's a good idea, and we go after it, and we ask God to bless it. But, you know, he told me one time, says, I don't have to bless anything I didn't author. I don't have to bless anything I did not start. So sometimes if what we're doing is not being prosperous, we might need to see whether... God actually said do it or not. Amen. See if God said do that. Just because it sounds like a good idea does not always make it a good idea. Or does not make it a God idea. And we were talking earlier about being complete in Jesus. We are complete in him. We lack nothing. This is something we already know. But we know when Jesus spoke, things happened. The supernatural was manifested. Let that sink in, because I know we know it. When Jesus spoke, the supernatural was manifested. Let's take it a step farther. When we speak, 
and we are a disciple. We are a disciple of Jesus. When we speak, the supernatural should manifest. Say it again. When we speak what God says to speak, the supernatural, we are to expect the supernatural to manifest. Because we lack nothing. We have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'll ask you a question. When you, when you speak something, when you pray over something, do you expect something to happen? Just be honest with yourself. Because sometimes we pray and we don't really, we don't expect things to happen, but we, we pray because that's what we do. But we got to pray and expect because we are, we should expect the atmosphere to begin to shift. Not just in the spirit realm, but we shift atmospheres. I've told y'all before, some of our people, Apostle Angie and some of the other people were in Africa and we prayed here and the atmosphere in Africa changed. Literally, we watched it. We watched the temperature drop. I think my wife had the place where they were pulled up on her phone with showing the temperature of how hot it was, and we prayed, and while we were praying, the temperature began to come down. We lack nothing. Pastor Babs spoke to the storm, to the tornado, and it split. She's not the only one that's done that. Speak to a tornado and it decides to go the other way. That's why I say we lack nothing. Not just in the spirit realm, but in the natural realm. What we do, our spirit life affects the natural realm as well. Jesus said in John... 635 said I am the bread of life so if Jesus is the bread of life what are we I'm a teacher so I ask questions if Jesus is the bread of life I have Jesus inside of me what does that make me The bread of life. Because we carry the bread of life. So when we go out and meet people, we feed. We feed the bread of life. In whatever area they need it, we feed it. That's what we do. One of the ministers at, at the conference, he said, made this statement, there comes a time when it's time. 
And I was asking God, what is he talking about there? There comes a time when it's time. And this is going along with this verse, six, uh, John 6. This is what he showed me. There comes a time when it's time to be a feeder and not just an eater. y'all get that? There comes a time to be a feeder and not just an eater. You know, Jesus fed 5,000, actually 15,000 mouths. Do you know there was one feeder, 15,000 eaters? He was the only one that, that was the feeder. He was the only one that put it out there, that put what he had out there. That made him the feeder, and he fed 15,000 people. So what does that tell me? The supernatural manifest through the feeders. If you wonder why the supernatural doesn't ever manifest through your life, uh, check and see whether you're feeding or eating. I mean, we got to eat, but we eat and we distribute. We eat and we distribute. And that's when the supernatural will be manifested. If we're always consuming... No supernatural is going to take place. We've got to realize that we are spirit beings. That's what Prophet D, I've, he's been hammering on this ever since he's, been, <laughs> since he's been here. It's like I know it. I, I know it. But yet because he keeps hammering on it, it's beginning to really stir that I am. I am a spirit being. You think, but I got a fleshly body. But think about this. God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. God is omnipresent. He's at the farthest corner of the universe and as deep as the deepest hole is in the ocean. He's everywhere, but yet, somehow... He has packed every bit of that that he is into this. Only God can do something like that. This is actually an earth suit. That's what it is. It's an earth suit that contains the Godhead. That's what it... Hmm. See, this is, this is one of the things that Prophet D's been saying, that we are a citizen of heaven. That's what I'm getting from him. I'm going to show you something. Ephesians 2. Anybody getting an understanding? Ephesians 2. Starting in 
We're going to start in verse 3. It says, Among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4 says, But God, when you read in the Bible and you come across but God, something is fixing to change. There's a shift fixing to take place. It says, but God, see this verse 3 tells us where we were in our sinful nature. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. In verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We sit in heavenly places. I don't have a full revelation of how I'm here on this earth, in this earthly body, but yet I sit in heavenly places with God. I sit in heavenly places. Say that to yourself. I sit in heavenly places. I sit in heavenly places. So you know what that means when we sit in heavenly places. That we're a citizen of heaven. We always talk about our call around here, what we're called to do and our destiny. And I think sometimes we take that kind of lightly, what God has called us to do. But you know, your call or your purpose is from heaven. Pastor Aline. She prayed for me one day. God had already showed me that I would be standing in front of people. I didn't know what I'd be doing. But she come by and laid hands on me and said, teach. That was not Apostle Aline telling me to teach. She had a direct line from heaven in the Holy Ghost. The Godhead come through her and she laid hands on me and said, teach. That was a mandate straight from heaven. So think about that. When God has called you to do something and you start disqualifying yourself, your call didn't come because Apostle Angie asked you to do something. Your call is from God Almighty. So when we say, no, I'm not qualified, who are we actually saying no to? Think about that for a minute. We're telling God, the creator of all things, the Godhead, Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, that has put himself in us, we're telling him that we don't have enough to do what he's called us to do. Hmm. 
I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy every time he tells you because every time he tells you to do something, it's going to challenge you to step into something, to a new arena, to a new area. But I showed you a while ago, he is, he is over all capacity. He is over everything. The Godhead is over every single thing. You know, and God gave us the most powerful name in existence. You ever think about that? I've never really thought about it until I got started looking at this. God gave us the ability to use the most powerful name in existence. The name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. That's in Philippians 2, 9 through 11. It tells us that God gave Jesus a name above every name. Not just above the demons and demons of hell. He gave us a name that is above every name. You know, all sicknesses and all diseases, they all have a name. They all have a name. But the name that we have is above that name. The name that we have is above, well, I was talking about a while ago, the scientific realm. You know, the gravity and all of this kind of stuff, that the principles that operate, the name that we have is above that. The Bible says that if we don't praise God, the rocks will. There's no life in a rock. No life in it. But because God said they're going to praise me if you don't, they're going to praise him if we don't. It's that simple. What about the wind? Jesus walked on the water. That defies scientific principle. The name that is above every name. Also, the, wa the water also turned into wine. That defies scientific principle. This is just everyday normal stuff. See, that name is so powerful that even the natural realm adjusts what that name says. The natural realm adjusts. When Jesus started to walk on the water, I, I don't know if he spoke to the water or if he just stepped onto it. I don't know. Either way, the water knew, hey, here comes the name of Jesus. Here comes Jesus. And it was solid. 
under his foot. The natural realm conforms to the spirit realm in the name of Jesus. I'll give you something to think about here. Because we, we know God. We say we know God. It says we can't really know God without knowing who we are in him. Because if we don't know who we are in him, then we are missing something about him. That makes sense. If I don't know who I am in God, it's because I am missing an aspect of Him. I don't have a revelation of that area. You know, and in Daniel, this is a scripture I like a lot. Daniel eleven thirty two says, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Exploits. They shall do something that's not natural. They will do something that's supernatural. I've been seeing it for a long time, and it's, it's for me but it's for everybody. I really don't know God. I know some things about God, and I know him to some degree. And we've heard God described as multifaceted. He told me the other day, no, I'm infinitely, infinitely faceted. Multifaceted puts a limit he is infinitely faceted. I was talking to my wife some about this, and she said the fruit of God's name will be manifested in our life. I can prove that to you. How many of you are saved? Okay. You know him by that name. You know him as the savior of your soul. How many of you has had him meet needs that supernaturally? You know him by a name called Jehovah Jireh. You know him by that name. How many of you have prayed for people to be healed and you see it happen right there in front of you? You know him by that name. So if we haven't done those things, it's because we do not know him to that degree. That is a name that we do not know him by yet. Amen? Because when we know him by a name, it will be manifested through us. And I'm not talking about knowing him here. It's knowing him here.
I'll give you my, I'll tell you an example. I got a revelation of Jehovah Jireh right here on my knees on a Wednesday night. I taught on taking on offerings and all that. I taught it for years because the word said it. The word said it. To teach the word. But yet I did not have a revelation in me. It was not working for me. But yet I would stand up here before you and teach it and teach it because the word said it. And then one day, one Wednesday night, I told Apostle Eileen that service was over and I, she was on the platform. I told her, says, I've got to know God is more than enough. I've taught it too long to not know it. But I was teaching it because I was told to teach it. That's what my calling was. And I taught it and taught it and taught it. And it was not working for me. But I was telling you what to do. Because the word said it. But that day, I got a breakthrough to where I knew that God was more than enough. Nothing changed in my physical Nothing changed in my checkbook, but yet something in here, that connection of Jehovah Jireh went from here to here. And at that point, it did not matter what my checkbook looked like. I knew that God was more than enough. See, that's what I'm talking about when I say you've got to know God. When you know God, you will do exploits. When you know him, and that's more than head knowledge, when you know him. And the way we get to know him is spend time in his presence and let him work on us. Let him show us what keeps us from knowing him. And if there's something in there, we get it out. We let him get it out. Let him change it. But sometimes we got to get desperate. I was desperate that day. I've got to know this. Sometimes we've got to, oh, quarter I caught on my knee. We got to get to the place to where we are desperate to know God. I know here in America, and this, this is something I see a lot, that my eyes are coming open to is we really, we really don't reverence God. I'm not pointing my, I'm not talking about here specifically, but it, it does happen here too. But I'm talking about in every church out there, we really don't reverence God. It's because we really don't know him. Because if we really knew the creator of all things, the creator of all things, the ruler of all things, 
the one that's in that deepest hole in the ocean, that you'll find him there to the one that's as far out as you can possibly go. You'll find him there. When we know him, we will reverence him. We have to check our attitude sometimes. I have to check mine. How do I respond to God when he speaks to me? So what I want to do this morning, we're going to pray for you if you want to be prayed for, that our eyes come open to really know God and to know who we are in him. Because that's the only way we're going to operate in the supernatural is to know him and to know who we are in him. So I just invite you to come down if you want to know God. I'm not saying that I do, but I'm just going to be a portal for him to flow through. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.